if Santa Claus was a recruiter, uh, how often you start a sentence like that? But if Santa Claus was a recruiter, <laughs> the naughty list would have cover letter, CV, gut feeling, and replacing your like last the, the new person just with the exact same person that just left. And the the nice list, uh, the, the methods that will get Christmas presents are the more like screening questions, um, evidence-based assessments, structured interviews, but also I think the red thread is methods that can measure the competence that are relevant for the job. Welcome to How We Hire, a podcast by Alva Labs, with me, Linnea, licensed psychologist and head of people. This show is for all of you who hire or just find recruitment interesting. In every episode, I will speak with thought leaders from across the globe to learn from their experiences and best practices within hiring, building teams, and growing organizations. On today's episode is Gabriela Hus from Home Recruitment. Gabriela has a long background in recruiting, both leaders and specialists and across all different industries. Her passion is finding the right person with the help of competency-based approaches, as well as the most modern and efficient tools available on the market, always with both accuracy and fairness as guiding stars. So welcome to How We Hire Gabriela. So nice to have you. Hi, glad to be here. Podcast today with you, Linnea. Alba Labs. I'm very pleased to uh, give my perspective on recruitment and uh, how we work and uh, our opinions about how to evaluate and to assign the right person to the right position with a good process. Perfect. And I think maybe we should start from the start. For those that don't know who Home of Recruitment, can you describe what you do? So we are consultancy company and we started uh, for a little bit more than five years. We are based in Stockholm and also in, in the southern regions of our country. But we are a consultancy firm that we see us as experts within competence-based recruitment processes. And we offer different solutions and guidance and I would say advice when it comes to that kind of uh, work within the recruitment business and we do that within interim management with the services to hire or to interim services within TA also talent acquisitions consultancy services to hire or to lease and we also have a wide range of courses and the educational support within competence-based recruitment and also workshops within that. And we do that both in physical classroom, so to speak, uh, courses, but in a large extent online courses, digital services. And my main occupancy and, and assignment is to do whole recruitment processes from taking the job description and, uh, and to set all the competences and necessary to fill in and to find candidates, to evaluate candidates and to finalize with a, just a small group of final candidates. And we also do leadership assessment in regard to different organizations maybe doing their recruitment processes on their own that they don't have the tools that we can offer and we help them in guiding them in how to select the right candidate. 
it feels like you are kind of like front runners when it comes to professionalizing the like recruitment and talent acquisition industry almost. Yeah, I would say that our mission and our aim is to to make a difference on the working, so to speak, uh, market and how to include and diversify how we select competence to organizations. And we really, we would like to help and to advise into a more wider perspective and mostly I would say a, a more including and diverse way to look upon how competence can be evaluated mm-hmm. because they, we often lean into old perspectives and old views on on what's what's validated to correlate to performance and we stand on other grounds uh, very much leaning to to the science within working and industrial organizational psychology i would say i think you mentioned like competency-based way of working and if if i'm going to be a little bit critical it feels like a lot of companies are calling their processes competency-based and throwing a lot of different stuff in there and saying that as long as we work competency-based, everything's great. But I would say that the like quality and the variety is really wide. So can't you just, just like, what is competency-based recruitment in your mind and why should that be the way forward? Competence as a... Uh value or a word to describe it's it's con- it contains so much and i would say competence includes what we call readiness readiness i would include with experience and knowledge but also competence has a lot to do with your personal traits uh, so to speak um, your behaviors within a working position so how you do things how you act how you relate all those things will, in a very large extent, lead into how well you fit into a position and also an organization and all that comes with the challenges connected to the position or, or the role. So to work with a competence-based recruitment process, you really need to lean into define those behaviors that are critical. Also, it's really how to define the role description, not only the hard skills, so to speak, what you need to know and what kind of experience you need to have, and that differs widely position compared to another, but also defining and really leaning to what kind of behaviors are very critical for this position. I would say that I'm still kind of surprised that's something that in many cases when I leaning to discussions with clients, it's something that you, you you generalize those descriptions very often and you are not really aware of what is uh, a good or high performance. What is that contained of? What is it that our best managers do in their everyday kind of working performance or a salesperson or whoever it is? It's more that we lean into the background and experience and that is the answer to everything. And it's not. Mm. And I guess that's it's easier to look at that and therefore you uh, are more comfortable in talking about what experience, how many years, what education, what should they have done rather than, as you say, like the critical behaviors needed on the job. And if I 
can continue to be a little bit critical against this like competency-based way of working because what I do like is of course like you gotta know what you're looking for and you gotta assess the same thing so that you make the decisions on you know that same aspect but to me sometimes people are making it harder than it needs to be because they have they create a like competency framework and it's even more flappy words so in theory they think that they have made it more clear but in reality i would argue that in some cases it actually makes it even more foggy What's your take? Do you agree or no? Yes, I've seen that as well. (laughs) But I think maybe that when you do that, it might be that you're not really aware of what is mostly critical to look upon when it comes to potential and behavioral traits or personal traits that leans into that specific position. You think that this kind of competence is really critical And essentially, it's not that critical. It's other things that you need to really look into. And when it comes, for example, into, I will talk about this in a webinar in a couple of weeks, what's really essential to look upon or into when it comes to leadership potential, I would say conscientiousness, emotional stability, for example, is two traits that really, really shows within leadership science within this field of of knowledge is really important to look upon and to be deepening in that, in the whole process, I would say. And maybe you look more into result-oriented or being the innovative or very extrovert kind of person. And it's probably not that will guide you in the most performing or highest or best performing person. So I, I think that maybe you set up a skill frame or, or demands on qualifications that might be too wide or too many and too many words when it comes down to quite basic things when it comes to what's important and what's really valid and critical to assess mm. in candidate profile. So, okay, so say that there are you know critical aspects we need to assess that are related both to, you know, who this person is, more soft skills, but of course, always some background and experience as well. But if we just zoom out a bit, so how does one know what is critical? Like, how do you find out what's critical in your assignments? Or how do you coach your clients to find what's critical? Well, I think to put a lot of effort into the job description is very essential in every recruitment process and not to just have the assignment itself, the, the regular duties within the position described. It's really leaning to, we always interview several persons regard, around the position to get the perspective of getting to know what does this position do, what are the challenges ahead. What are the circumstances around the position? And also to actually lean into what is a person that's really performing, if they have one on the side, that's really performing in a good way. What is that person or those persons doing in their regular duties and how do they behave? So I would say to put in quite an effort in evaluating that specific position within that organization is essential. Mm. And it, it comes down to 
how do they behave? In what sense does their personality come out? I like the 360 perspective. So yes. when you then know what you're going to assess, how would you say that one should go about assessing those competencies that you realize are important? As we do it in a new assignment, we do put up that you assign for the job by sending a CV or your LinkedIn profile. But then at once you need to answer certain questions that are very selected, connected to the job uh, itself. Uh, So we don't ask for what you call a personal letter or a a letter of uh, application, so to speak. We don't use that at all. And the next phase is to go within doing tests to look upon your personality and qualifications and traits and also to evaluate capacity or logical ability. So we do that in an early phase of all our recruitment processes. We reach out and candidates in a large extent will have to do tests. That's really to evaluate the potential in the start. And that brings um, a lot (laughs) to the recruitment that we can talk a lot about. But to do that in an early phase is really essential in all our processes, I would say. So under, like nailing the uh, job description, screening questions, uh, psychometric assessments early, then what? And then also to lean into not just having, I would say, general mapping uh, um, when it comes to the psychometric testing. It's also a test profile that is very much assigned to the specific job position itself. Mm. So it, it's really a matching not only to... Uh, competence or uh, job description, it's also on the personal potential profile and matching. So that's really, really essential to set up that kind of uh, mapping in the beginning of the process. And then like knowing a bit about your like interview methodology and like how you have your your competencies and ask uh, structured interviews or set up structured interviews based on that. Can't you share a little bit about how that works? Well, we we set up an interview that's really a guidance in every specific uh, recruitment process that we have. And I would say that we use a questionnaire that's really asking the candidate to describe a specific situation and that we ask the candidate to describe the, the situation and how they behaved. What happened? How did you get along? What happened? to the organization around you? How did others react? What was the result on that? What could you have done in another way? What was your experience on this? What could you have done more or less of uh, during that, for example? So it's, it's much more of letting the candidate to describe a very concrete situation that has happened to them and that they describe on their behaviors regarding that situation. In my mind, this makes so much sense. Uh, this is how how we do our hiring process at Alvas as well. But I think it's interesting, like this is something that you and your coworkers at Home of Recruitment is really like preaching out there. Yes. Because it's still not given. Yes. Despite it being like quite hammered in by like theoretical and uh, you know research-based studies and so forth. Why is it like this? Why does it take so long for practitioners to adapt to this more uh, science-based ways of working? What is the biggest challenge? 
when you look upon a CV, it's more pragmatic. You can see what you have done in what kind of position, what kind of company or organization you've been in. And you can kind of grasp that easily to understand. But lean into personal traits and behaviors is more, for many, I think, fluffy, so to speak. And uh, it takes quite an amount of practice and I would say experience and knowledge to lean into that and to be reliant on that evaluative or that base of facts, because that's how I look upon it. it it's not a nice to have information. It's really a fact-based information that I use in my selections. To be clear on that fact-based, what I mean is that it's based on, I mean, extensive research. It doesn't say that you, I have a 100% uh, picture or, or a guarantee or saying that this, this person is like this. But I can tell that a person is more likely to act this direction than this direction mm. and compared to other candidates, mm. which is important because that's, that's really my job to, to, to take out the candidates that are most likely to behave and act in the way that is necessary and also that performs in a high extent to the role connected to the process, of course. So in your mind, like what is the biggest challenge in hiring today that you want to fix? I think the biggest challenge, there there are so many, but I would say that I find myself many times in discussions with clients that uh, they have already a mindset what the, the right candidate is. And it leans many times into still background and experience. And I would say that we need to have more uh, when it comes to leaning into what is competence as a whole. I mean, we hire for skills, but we let people, people go because of their behaviors. And we need to see that. It's really, really important to also evaluate and assess uh, the personal traits. And I think that when we do that, it, it also brings in that we include a lot of competence out there that are not really included in many processes. And we see that in the working environment, how we look upon, I mean, why is so many top positions in our largest companies? Who has those positions? We know that answer, every one of us. And why is it more difficult for people above 55 to get a new job? Why is it more difficult for people with another background than Swedish to get into the job market and so forth. And and we we just won't be able to afford that kind of uh, perspective on competence. So it sounds like the biggest issue is that we have our minds set on something that is really like narrow and therefore miss out on a lot of talent. Yes, I would say. And I mean, I think you bring up then my next question based on this, you say that we we miss out and it's harder for some to get, you know, get into the job market, get certain positions. What would you, if you highlight some of the biases that you have stumbled upon or noticed organizations failing to, you know, even out the chances for, what would those biases be? I would say the most common one is that you look upon who left and you kind of copy paste uh, and you don't 
you don't look into what's ahead. And the other one is the bias is looking into someone that's more likely going to act like me. Mm. <laughs> Finding the same person that I find is likable and because that's going to be easier. And also that we look upon a lot of uh, clients look upon still on educational background, years in, in experience within a field, the branch you've been working within. If you haven't been in that kind of business branch, you're not valid. But I, I think that, I mean, to your point on you fill the position with what was already in the position, I guess that could explain why there still are more men in higher leadership positions because it was the man leaving and therefore we are unconsciously, you know, have our mindset for someone that's we're going to replace A with another A <laughs> or B with another B. And if that it was the male, then it's easier to fall into the habit of kind of cloning what you already had. Right. And also when it comes to that is to kind of when it comes to leadership positions, like I said, that you have this this mindset of what is really essentially giving performance when it comes to managerial positions is a mistake of mindset. You really think that being uh, this uh, charismatic kind of person is most important and it shows that it's not. And that that's a mindset that we we find that very common and we need to show that that's not really what's essentially important and also to point out what that could bring in a more i would say negative way as well mm. so it's more of that we have this um, opinion or mindset or thoughts about what is correlating and valid when it comes to different i would say traits that those are not really connected with reality Right. It's, it's, a, it's a mistake of not really having the basis of facts mm. connected to that. I can't remember where I read this. So disclaimer that I can't link it to a source. But I read somewhere that people that talk more will be perceived as more leader-like. Exactly. Regardless of what they say. So as long as you talk a lot, people are more likely to follow that person. And I think this is like such a good and funny example of how our like perception of something will not automatically be the same as like what actually is the foundation for performance. Right. I mean, I, I talk a lot, so I think this is great, but yeah. that doesn't make me a great leader. But okay, so we have established that there are problems in hiring, especially due to that people have these assumptions. Right. How can we help like improve hiring? What are like the effective strategies to increase diversity to reduce bias i would say that i think it's very very important to look upon how we take on candidates in in a process for example all our processes are are public and that that's one thing what, what what do you mean with public we have them out on the market on social media everyone can apply mm, great we're not going looking for people under the radar so to speak it's not we don't work with hidden assignments. And we know that a lot of companies out there do recruit and they recruit assignments that you and I will never see. We will, we will not know that these assignments are out or those positions are <laughs> while they're out there. 
And of course, there are positions that uh, need to, in some extent, to be more secret. But I think that's really, it's more of an old-fashioned way to look upon. I think that if we can be more public and show the whole working market what's available, we will also invite candidates that could be very much right and interesting to bring into a process that otherwise would not be able to apply. So that's one thing. Another thing is I see that a lot of processes are run by tools that are not valid when it comes to evaluating. Mm. So you make a lot of mistakes, so to speak, in an early phase of a process. Uh, What would that be, if you can exemplify? Well, I work with a client of mine that we have restructured their whole process of recruiting. And they, I, I interviewed a lot of, or like 10 of their hiring managers and on how they were recruiting. And they say, well, our most important tool is the, the personal letter, the letter of application that each candidate uh, applies with. Okay. This, this gives me a tummy ache. Yeah, me a lot more than the topic. <laughs> it's just like, okay, so what are you looking for in these letters then? What are you validating in those letters? Well, uh, if they have a good sense of uh, describing themselves, if they have mentioned how they uh, relate to others, I mean, all kinds of stuff. There are so many studies regarding this that how we write has very little to do with how we're going to behave and how we're going to perform in the certain job description. So to evaluate on a letter of application is really that you can be sure that you will make a selection that is not valid to the position. You will have, of course, good candidates, but the question you need to ask is, how many did we say no? What what have we not brought in here? What did we miss? What I actually think is really interesting is that, I mean, to our early discussion of like, there are a lot of challenges. Why isn't it, you know, changing faster? Yeah. And there are companies using these type of methods and are probably making, you know, some bad hires, but also some good hires. Right. Just out of chance, you will get decent people every now and then. Yeah. But why do you think that, why don't we see the need to do it differently? Why does it work for an organization or work in quotation marks, work for an organization to actually use the cover letter as like the most important method for evaluating candidates? We have had the possibility to be in a position of hiring competence and we're leaning into that it's not that kind of way we need or we can look upon competence ahead because it's going to be such a competitive market. So we really need to look into what's really essential, how to attract and to qualify our selection process. I want to talk a little bit about like, how can you balance this, like being fair, having everything in the public, using the right type of method, but also being accurate. Like, is there a trade-off in your mind? Can we be both accurate and fair? Yes. How? Definitely so. By using several methods, tools that are scientifically in the research connected to this field of of, uh, 
business that we're in to use different methods and to really lean into what is the competence regarding the position and and go back to to really dig into that. I mean, that's really the basis of everything. If you skip that and not really in detail understand what is critical for a person coming into a position and how that will have to act and to behave, then you will not succeed in having the right selective uh, candidate base in the end. Mm. Probably you will have candidates with the right experience and knowledge, but that's not even half of knowing if this is a person that will be performing. Mm. I see that so many times, so many times. We need to speak about this and to um, point out the valid grounds for that perspective on how to look upon competence. That's a work to do. That is still a work to do. And we see it in articles. Uh, just uh, the, this week, there have been articles in media regarding the uses of uh, psychometrical tests. The questions that a lot. And then I go, okay, so what's the solution instead? Is it gut feeling? Is it CV? Is it the application letter? I mean... We're in a business where we not we're not able and we're never gonna be a hundred percent sure, of course, because we have we are actually looking into humans and we are very, very complex. We need to realize that and see that. But we do know that there are methods better than other methods that both will show that we are fair and that we do include and we will most of all, also present candidates that will perform. So it's really, it's a win-win, I would say. In many candidate uh, dialogues that I have, the response I get after, and, and these these responses come even from candidates not getting the job, they say, I've never been in a process like this. Okay, so what do you think? It's been very interesting. I've learned a lot, and I feel that all of me is included in how I've been evaluated and um, and selected through the process. I understand on what grounds you have been qualifying the final candidates and my my way through this process. So it's really interesting to hear this also from the and then I meet a lot of the most I meet are people within leadership positions mm. and they also say this. It's on all levels. It doesn't matter if you're a manager within a certain level or you're a specialist a co-worker it doesn't really matter it's the same so i would say it's a win-win on candidate side and also when it comes to progress and performance and to really select the best candidates for a position to a company or an organization yeah i think to your example the best thing with hiring in my mind is obviously when you find someone really great and they come into the organization and you see that they are performing yes. and everyone really likes them and they they like you back and you know it's a great fit I mean that's the, the rush but I think to your example the second best thing is when a candidate that you reject reacts with like a thank you yes I think I can live off day, that for days yes that's so great I mean you were also now jumping to, to a, a new a topic or semi-new topic but you were, you were saying that in leadership positions, people are really 
surprised by being evaluated in this way where they, you know, can come out as their like entire selves and be evaluated for, for all their different aspects. Right. Like in your mind, how should we go about a specialist hire versus a like leadership role hire? What's the difference between those two approaches? I would say that the approach is not the difference and the process itself is not different, but what you need to assess and look upon is going to be very much different uh, between the two because leadership is a profession itself and you really need to understand the challenges and the critical aspects within leadership. And that's a, a different thing in comparison to being a specialist. But I would say how to go upon in the process. I've been doing leadership recruitment for quite some years. And when I started from colleagues and and so on, I got the view of, no, 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 we cannot use tests on leadership profiles. They will not get step into a process or a dialogue because they're going to be expecting that we connected with them and that their CV CV will be enough. And my clear opinion and experience on this, that is not true. It's the opposite. I must say that it's not any challenge of leaning into assess leadership profiles in an early phase. I search in my processes as well, connected to an open public uh, advertisement of a position, I also do search and I do assess searched candidate as well. So just this old mindsets that we have as a truth, but it's not. So we need to challenge those pictures of how things are, I would say, looked upon and start working in another way. The feedback I usually get is that, wow, I feel like I've been evaluated in a much more wider extent on more including perspectives. And that I feel is fair and feel is professional, modern. And that's the way I would like to be evaluated as a top manager profile as well. Mm. So it's really that we need to challenge those, I would say, old pictures on how things are run. They're just not true. Yeah, just to really highlight an emphasis, what you're saying is that the process itself is not different, but the competencies needed are different. Because, I mean, I really like to quote you now, Gabriella, like leadership position, like that's a job in itself, but it's not unique beast or animal that we need to treat any any different than any other candidates. I I really like that. So we don't have different process structure. I mean, we can add on more if it's it's a really i would say when it comes to positions of being the ceo or like being on the top yes i i do assess those candidates more than i do on the i would say a step in position so to speak yes i do but the process itself and also the methods are the same Mm. It's really what do I need to look upon, what I need to deepen my perspectives and insights regarding the competence and what tools do I use the best to assess that and to evaluate those things. Yeah. 
if we're going to start wrapping up, I think what we have established is that on the, if Santa Claus was a recruiter, how often you start a sentence like that, but if Santa Claus was a recruiter, <laughs> the naughty list would have cover letter, CV, gut feeling and replacing like last, the, the new person just with the exact same person that just left. And the nice list, uh, the, the methods that will get Christmas presents are the more screening questions, um, evidence-based assessments, structured interviews, but also I think the red thread is methods that can measure the competence that are relevant for the job. Yes. So Santa, we've made the list. It's completed. Yes. You can take that to the bank, Santa. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, indeed. Oh, <laughs> and it's um, so long, far away from Christmas. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> you have a lot of experience in recruitment that I bet things have changed over like your, your career so far. What do you anticipate like the changes will be in the like next couple of years? If we meet back in a couple of years, what will we be happy about and what will be what will we be sad about? I think and I see that a lot more organizations see that they need to open up for diversity much more. And then they need to look upon how do we include in another way. And, and then they're starting to look upon how do we do recruitment? Why do don't we get diversity in our organization? So that's going to be crucial. And, and in many extent, I think it's, it happens, it concerns on employer branding and uh, that, I mean, younger generations will look upon you as an organization. How do you recruit? How do you bring in profiles to your organization? And they will demand and are, are already doing that, demanding that you have a diversity perspective, how to run your business. But also that we will not afford to lose or cut out very strategically competences to our organizations. And I think that uh, what we will see more and more is that we will we will lean into more of um, tech support with more of systemized methods and tools how to recruit. I think my role will become much more of an advisory position ahead. And I think that tech will kind of take over the first selection and, and how to attract and how to um, select candidates within the processes, much more than I sit there by hand, kind of on a manual basis, do that kind of job. And I think that's a good way because I think that's going to lean into that we diversify, we include, and we we will non-discriminate in a larger extent as well. That feels like such a mic drop answer. So I say I vote that we uh, close off with that one. Thank you so much, Gabriella, for joining How We Hire. It was lovely to talk to you. Likewise. We'll make sure that uh, people can connect with you on LinkedIn and continue to discuss uh, about around these topics. But otherwise, thank you and uh, see you soon. Okay, thank you. Bye.